Hello and welcome to this episode 12 of the Northern Invasion podcast. We have myself, uh, Stu West, and I'm joined today by Scott Smith. Good evening. Uh, Liam Watt. Evening. And Master Watson. That's Mr. Matster to you, but hello. Hello. <laughs> so this is uh, this has been recorded in December, merely days after the inaugural Northern Masters. So first of all, thank you very much to uh, our own Scott and to uh, our uh, Warhammer hero John Harper for uh, for running the event. And I hope people take the time to. And go and have a quick listen to episode number 11, which is our Tales from the Front episode where John and Scott did a sterling job chatting to people throughout the the weekend. So uh, thanks a lot for that, guys, and I hope you enjoyed yourselves. Yeah, it was a bit different. So uh, even just doing the interviews was something new. So that was uh, interesting and everyone... Everyone really bought into it. Of course, a few beers on day one helps that flow a little bit nicer, maybe. But it was it was it was great. Everything was 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 great about it. I was uh, you know delighted L- listening back. Sort of not obviously editing. That's the wrong word because I wasn't really in editing editing other than just splicing it all together the way I'd stopped and started every single one. So <laughs> there was about forty different audio files. But it was it was it was good. It was a great weekend, top to bottom, to be honest. So. I had fun. I think everyone else seemed to as well. So, yeah, I think the players all had a good time, and I think there was some envious tweets there on Twitter. I picked up one or two saying it looked like the um, the mates get together to play AOS and have a few yeah. bevies, masters. So. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was just play, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Just so, no, that's really good. So it, it's good that, and I think that that tells a lot about the atmosphere because it is like that, and you know, we all we all do get on and. Uh, it's a social as much as a competitive event, so, so it says a lot about up. the um, the group as well and the, the the whole scene. To be honest, it's although it's actually quite a lot of people. When you look at the amount of entries in the rankings, you know, there's 150 or something at least, maybe 170 actually. But okay, there's there's lots of odds and sods and ones and twos, and it does cover you know some of England, north of England as well. But the even the core Scottish. Um, gamers and the guys that come up regularly from down south it's it's, it's still a large number and, and it is pretty tight to be honest everyone so it knows everyone now so it's uh, you know that probably helps having most events in one place i don't know but yeah it's really good and and when we do get new folk in and um we'll touch on it a little bit later on i suppose but they're always made to feel welcome and it's great seeing and just a quick shout out to uh, John's tournament, the Hammer of the North one that's in um, in February, they were even giving out a free ticket to somebody who, whose first tournament it was going to be, right. so that's a nice touch. That's right, yeah, yep, that's good. No, it's always good, and um, it's good if we can welcome more people and keep people coming in to keep everything alive and and uh, and challenge folk. So, um, I don't know, what, have you got any, any thoughts about the... Uh, any other thoughts about the day you want to go through before we briefly go through our games? Yeah, um, I've got a few, I've been thinking about it obviously since and and during it, and you'd always try and make things a little bit better. I think it went pretty smoothly, to be honest. Obviously helped by you guys. There's 16 players there who probably know more than than I do anyway. So the, the amount of rules questions that were that came my way, I think there was probably just two in the end, and both kind of had the answers worked out really there before. I was involved, so that was so that's but that's tends to be the way with AOS, I think, in, in general, anyway. And at a masters event, and you expect the 
the best players to know to know the best rules, really. So from that point of view, that was fine. Um, I think the number of players, so 16 was always the kind of uh, option for year one. We've had a few comments from some of the guys. I know Liam and Nathan, you guys are keen to see it maybe grow as well. Um, I've had a comment the other way. I said, oh, I'll keep it tight, keep it 16. So I, I'm I'm kind of in the, of the mind to, to push it to 20 next year. Um, but, you know, early days, there's still plenty of time to think about it. I think 20 would still be quite um, special and, uh, what's the word? Not niche or unique, but, you know, tight, whatever the, whatever the right word is. Um, you know, it, sh- it should be a special weekend. It should be hard to get into, but I think it could probably handle a little bit of growth um, to maybe 20. 24, maybe he's pushing it too much just now. I know some other... Masters maybe I think the Aussie one was about twenty four, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah maybe they, were they had some dropouts and they ended up being I think twenty two or twenty on the day. Um, not dropouts, but more more because of uh, international or, or internal flight problems. I think it was. But. Yeah, it's like um, we had a few people who who had obviously had to decline. They had real life issues or whatnot. Yeah. But they couldn't make it, so we ended up um, pulling out of the the top sixteen. So I suppose if you opened it to another eight and you look at the same sort of ratios, you might end up really having people as in 30th place making well, it. Well, so. at, at least let Scott in then, you know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, if I wanted me in, it would be a tournament of 30, so we're not having that. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But looking down, the, looking down the list of people who just missed out, you know, if you add those top four in that are, you know, 20, 21st to 24th, it's... It's not going to degrade the event in any way. I think if you looked at it as well, like even Paul uh, Duduka, as I mentioned, yep. he'd won an event this year, yep. yeah, and yeah. he's obviously not there, which it could just be by, like you say, the events that you actually get to attend. Exactly, yeah. Uh, controls. And he was probably only a, a dodgy result. I remember he was really close at Northern Invasion to coming really high up, so he yeah. had uh, one game that threw his results and you know, he'd have been right up there, right? And not even just scraping in, he'd have been strong in there, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it doesn't take much about one game, one roll of a dice it can be, I suppose. That's the difference between 21st and... Oh, there's not many 12th. points in it. Not, not at all. I mean, there's, there's a bit of a gap at the top with Liam and Lee, and then there's a, you know, a fairly steady sort of decline in points as you go down. But the, the, the kind of... 20s down or upwards and downwards a few spots are all really really tight and it's only a few points in it so it was you know like you say it's just the old event here and there that's made the difference so yeah i think i think i'd like to push it to 20 next year mm. that sounds good um, we'll maybe talk on rankings uh after yeah. we've gone through the games if you want that'd be good yeah yeah a couple of things yeah. to, to chew over there but one other thing as well i think it's it's uh it's become a little bit clear as well is so we used round one as being seeded Mm. Um, with the draw I think that could probably change for next year given the fact that we've run it obviously with strength schedule um, that, that has a big impact on maybe like guys like Lee who sort of turned his turned his tournament around after game two and finished second but he had the weakest strength obviously because he was playing not because he was playing Spatch game one but you know me game two <laughs> <laughs> so, so somebody has to has to end up with those with those draws and maybe mitigating it with a random first round is maybe the best way to go if we if we are going on strength as the first tiebreaker um so yeah. the, need to think about that one a bit more but um that's the kind of two main thoughts i had about the sort of structure of the, of the event um otherwise i was delighted with it i think it was i think it was excellent it was everything like i said in the other 
little episode with putting it, was, it was everything I hoped it would be. It was everything that uh, it was set up. It was, it was pretty much a year ago that we sort of started talking about it and, and thinking about rankings. And it's it, it's just been a it's been a good year from start to finish. I think, and that's that's that really was the cherry on top. No, it was really good, and it was something to aim for. I I got there and. Just qualifying was what I wanted to do. And, you know, you've heard me over the last few months. I, I had a strong start to the year. Legions and Nagash came out. I, I missed a couple of tournaments. And I, I got through on the skin of my teeth, really, I suppose. And that was all I was aiming for. I was never, I was never, uh, you know, I was never, the reality of it was that I, was, <laughs> I wasn't ever going to be podiuming in, in the Masters <laughs> this year. And um, just being there and, and having the good time and being part of it was, was all I was after. So uh, You say him... that. That's your own fault for taking mixed death. Well, no, I'll no maybe talk about my thoughts on mixed death later. <laughs> no yeah, one to blame. Maybe it's not the meta, meta breaking army. It could have been, but, you know. Like yeah. 1980s meta. Oh, not mixed even death, uh, so turn, well, turning it around, just probably go through your games a little bit. What, what, what do you guys think? Anything you'd like to suggest, tweak? Feel free. I'm, I've got thick skin. I thought it was DO nice. definitely needs to change, I'd say. <laughs> the I know, hard to shite. Hard No Johns, that's the rule. The atmosphere was incredible. Like, the, the tension, the, every game was so tense, but because everybody was so laid back, it was uh, it was a really good atmosphere. So, so let me just find. I, I think I shared it with you guys, but let me just share. We got a message from uh, from Steve, the common ground owner. So I said, uh, I said, oh, thanks for the weekend. It was great. Blah blah. Sorry to rush out. He says, oh, don't worry about that. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, it was oh blah, blah, blah. I can't find the thing exactly here, but he was just saying lovely event, really good atmosphere, and he you know he posted on Facebook about it, saying he was they were honoured to have the Masters there, things like that. It's like well, it's the only place we're going to have it. Let's be honest, Steve. It's the and that's not because it's the only place; it's because it's the best place. Yeah. No, I, would ne- I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider changing the venue. I think the venue's great. The host's great. The food's great. It was good. Good that they had beer on uh, for people like myself who like the odd. The yeah. um, I think the atmosphere was good. Um, maybe if we could get some kind of streaming or some kind of commentary of some kind to take yes. it up to the next level, that'd be quite nice, and we can maybe work on that and I think uh, that's see next whether level, we can... definitely. Yeah, I mean that's what I'd say, but we'll see where the game goes. I'm still not convinced about realms, and I'm going to keep keep <laughs> keep. I'm not whining, <laughs> but I, I, I still think that. Um, well, I'm not 100% convinced, and I don't know where it'll be after an FAQ and after a new General's handbook. I mean, we could be in a totally different place this time next year, so uh, we'll see how it goes, but I think That's having it, like, no beasts was a good move. You know, at the end, having that, that was voted on so that there was no monsters, because that can totally take it away. You know, that, that can be an auto-win for somebody in a certain in yeah. a certain mission, and I think that, um, yeah, I think we're going in the right direction, but um, maybe we need to tweak realms. Well, it's interesting to see what the UK Masters pack popped up yesterday. Was it? Yeah. And there's, you know, they've got an interesting take on it. Uh, I, 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 can't, I don't know what the off the top of my head what the New Zealand and Australian guys did. I've not read that properly. I think they were pretty much out of the book with the realm stuff. 
The, the, I don't uh, think they played in beasts either, for One of them was certainly sort of pre-selected missions and stuff, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Whereas I think we, the, we were the only ones that had the balls to go pure random. <laughs> one of the nice things I've heard, and I remember um, the Angel Core guys talking about it, um, what they do down there is um, when they select their missions and things, if you're playing in a realm, you only get to use the command ability if your army is from that realm. Yeah, and you uh, only get to use it when you're in the realm. General so, of the realm sort of thing. Yeah, yeah so if you're from Olgu, you can use those, but you can only use it when you're in Olgu. And if you've got an army from uh, the realm of fire, you can't use the Olgu command abilities. And I think that adds a bit. Because yeah, that gets you thinking. And then you, your realm might not even come up. So, you know, it's if you're going for an artifact, because you want the doppelganger cloak, but then you don't play in Olgu and you can't take advantage of speed of light or something. Not speed of light, because that's a, a realm feature, but you uh, can't, the, you can't the do it. It's yeah. pretty similar, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if you think that that might be a nice touch for tailoring armies, but I don't know. I mean, it, it, well, it's it, worth someone trying it out. I mean, there's there's a few events popping up, new ones or even existing ones. It's, it's worth trying these things out still. There's still, there's still mileage to, for people to experiment, I think. Yeah. I think it's waiting until the FEQ comes out and see... Yeah, if they take to heart, obviously what has been said about some of the realm, I don't think, uh, I don't stuff think that's not uh, competitively built. I, I don't think they'll, they'll 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 hit it too hard. That's not their the style. Items might get a take. Uh, you say that, but 4K just took a hit. Well, 4K have just been told that obviously there'll be there's now missions where tabling your opponent doesn't win you the game. Yeah, which that's obviously no, nobody ever thought that would come to 4K. Yeah, true. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I mean, I think it's. I think it's still worth people having a wee experiment with their with their event to try a little unique take, Spice, take yeah. on something. Um, like Tempest, we're going to try the pools. That's that's one that's one take on it. Um, and I'm sure there's plenty of other ways. As like you say, the well, even like in Ben Curry's one, the Masters, they're they're just doing it in the realm of fire. Um, so that'll that'll keep things a little bit consistent and maybe a little less wild. Um, so there's, there's yeah, there's 101 ways to skim the cat, you know. So give me give me a stat here, because you're the stats man. So <laughs> I don't want to play better part of Valor. 1 in 18, simple as that, yeah. Well, it's 1 in 18, but then you're having six games, aren't you? So I suppose it's still 1 in 18. But I then you if you've put it into a pool, uh, Scott's using the pool, so all 18 are there. And the one oh, that's at Tempest, so there's a one in four chance of us getting better part of Valor. Is that a better or worse odd of getting better part of Valor? Because you're only getting the one chance at one in four. I'll somebody, tell you on the next somebody episode. Somebody can work this out. <laughs> GP, will, GP will work it out. He's, he's you'll, hear us, you'll hear yourself in February going, that damn better part of Valor. <laughs> that I damn. You and Mike. Have you had a bad game? Okay, that's more the question. Did anyone have a game this weekend that was decided by the realm? No. Just no. me. Well, John Bayless wasn't too impressed with Yeah, that was obviously my you. game. <laughs> I can't help but roll a 10 and then an 11. <laughs> I, I, I don't, don't think John liked the fact... Yeah, the spells made a big difference to him because he only had one caster. And when I played him in Realm of Fire, um, those spells just, yeah, totally that, minced him. Is that the problem being corn? He well, did, he did have an ability to unbind against me. He just forgot it was on two blood type. He thought it was free. But again, I think I was the only person. I was the only person that actually had the realm decide a game. Like, I don't think anyone else really had a realm that 
was like that's the that that realm or that spell was the reason I lost. Did yeah. anyone have a anyone have a bad orb experience? No. Nope. <laughs> I had a great orb experience. <laughs> the orb didn't move where I wanted it to, but Martin's army was all dead, so it was fine. <laughs> I think um, we got a very large random pool for everything. Like four of the five missions was random. Yeah, it was. I was, I was saying to John, we need, we need to roll something good for game five, you know. And it wasn't quite what I wanted. It would be nice to get like a, I don't know, a total commitment or something. Blood and glory, Blood and glory or glory, something like that. Yeah. Thing with fixed objectives because every game we did, the except from Jolly Death, every game was yeah random, was orb, effective, shifting objectives, star strike, like yeah, gift. Which is well, actually, death and gift to heavens. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. So it's all, yeah. There's ah. two ways to look at it. It can either be luck, or it can be won by superior generalship in taking <laughs> the luck into account. No, but it's yeah. true. If you're no, able to react right. to a bad situation or plan yep. for the best case scenario, like oh, that's absolutely. In if you have again, like you say, if you have a more versatile army, an army that's either fast or survivable. Uh, if you know you're played the realms, take a wizard and can cast two spells. If you if you don't, take two wizards and can cast one. If you're not taking advantage of extra wizards, I think straight away there that's a loss yeah. of the game. Yeah, you've got to take the wizards at the moment. With malign sorcery, I think they're critical. And also, so. if you want to take one of the realm items, you're normally going to take a fighty hero because pretty much all of them are designed on fighty heroes. Well, all the good ones anyway. They're all designed to be around fighty heroes. Like Doppelganger Hook, Gurf, Gurf Strike, Ethereal Amulet, the Rend Free Blades that are kicking about. All these things are designed around heroes that are designed to fight. Yeah. So, uh, other than Cogs, because we know it has usually an impact on games, is there any endless spells that stood out for you? I don't know. I, I can't remember how many were taken. Oh, the, up Mel- the Maelstrom was brilliant. Adam used it against me. and it, it I've never seen that on the table before. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, um, it's good for him because he, he sort of charges it up, doesn't he? With his well, his I can't. He charged it up well. by unbinding all his spells. That's how he got charged yeah. up. Oh right, all oh, right, okay. It was uh, yeah, it was pretty hard, but it never blew up anyway. It just uh, it just sat there, just um, and I pushed it back at him, and it just <laughs> it unbound all our Ariel's uh, spells. It was pretty harsh, <laughs> on him, to be honest. <laughs> tried to heal himself and the maelstrom that he just cast sucked all the energy out of it it was it's quite <laughs> cinematic <laughs> it was good fun i think i only cast cogs in two games yeah i only got the comet on the table once three times Twice. three times yeah three times yeah i got it against you got it against adam and i got it against chris and it did in total more damage to me in my game five than it did to anyone else across all three games that I cast it. So, <laughs> Impressive. Yep. That's just I think a it's, of practice with it, though. Lastly, yeah. Uh, I, think, I think it's one of those items that it's more designed for an army that's going to sit and sh- shoot from a distance rather than an army that goes into their opponent. Probably. But yeah, Geminid seems to be a strong choice. I quite liked Chris's use of that. So what, what 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 did he do with it especially? It was uh, well, he played me in duality, so he just he cast an eleven. So I was at that point, I was like, it's pretty much unbindable for me, and I only had one wizard at the time left. And he just keeps shooting it through my hero with five wounds on the objective. Just shot for that, shot for the grim gas. So the grim gas at one turn or minus one to hit, 
next turn they only had one attack and just on and on and then every time obviously I got the prior I got the prior roll through the whole game he just spent three turns going through my white king to kill it it's easier off to cast than it is to unbind so yeah. Chris's list he's got the throne of vines so yeah. he can add d3 to his casting but uh. it, when you cat when you you can cast an endless spell but you un you don't unbind it you dispel it it's a different yeah. wording so if you've got any bonuses to unbinding spells it doesn't count towards uh, the spelling so yeah. if yeah. it's cast on a seven and he's got plus three to cast you need to roll an, a natural eight to dispel it so once it's on the table it's it's generally there to stay it's quite yeah. hard to get rid of definitely definitely if you're like me and you we only had like what one caster two casters each yeah two casters each yeah you don't want to be spending your aggressiveness because that's where obviously your aggression is from the this realm spells is to either make you better in combat or make you more survivable uh but that obviously just you either try and stop that and get rid of it but you're like you like you say it's on an eight and you just you feel so bad like you say i've i did that a couple of times uh back in when we played at six nations and i was rolling a seven and i'm just like oh come on please go away please because it's just so powerful because it moves so quick as well yeah yeah it says what's that for your comet, then, do you need a seven, seven to dispel that? Then, yeah, seven to dispel it's a six, it, six cast, to cast. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like I would good. take a seven, but if if it was an eight, if it was a if it was cast on a seven and unbound on an eight, the comet wouldn't be in my list. No, too hard to reset, yeah. redeploy it. Mm. Well, again, you've taken the item, so maybe you still would. Nah, definitely wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on an eight. I don't even like the the seven. Like there was a couple of times I tried to get rid of it and couldn't. On the seven, so yeah, Geminids, Geminids is cool. I've always liked it, um, and Chris did definitely use it well. I think it's important to remember as well. We're talking about playing in the realms. Malign Sorcery is a, uh, it's a it's an expansion. We could see Malign Sorcery go. So yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, it'll yeah. go. I think with when it moves to the next stage. I mean, the story's obviously progressing. And yeah. I think that we're gonna we're gonna get to the next chapter, um, and the next filth's gonna come out. It'd be nice if we saw more of the other spells that you never see. The you know, I've got a box of uh, night haunt spells here, along with my box of night haunt that I've never built either. But <laughs> I mean, you never see them. You never see okay, no, you see comet. You don't see the other stormcast ones. I think we'll, we'll yet... see beasts next yeah, season because we'll those armies seem to be being painted, and the yeah. horn. The horn seems quite good for the beasts, doesn't it? Yeah, the beasts seem pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, lots to think about. Yeah, well, do you want us? Uh, do you want to be be grandpa and and ask us the questions, seen as though we played Scott, and we'll yeah, really cool. briefly go through each game. Uh, yep. We don't have to dwell on it because the people who want to hear uh, can listen to back to episode eleven. And I'm going to do a a one on one with Nathan that's going to be out in the next day or two as well. So. Oh, good um, stuff. So, so Nathan can can talk through his games properly and uh, his thoughts on on his list and whatnot. So, over to you then, Scott. Start with you, Stu. Start with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, start your start at the bottom. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in reverse so, order. <laughs> yeah, in reverse order. So, my game one. Um, so we had uh, I had John Bayliss and he was running corn, and he had the um, the mighty thirty blood warriors. 40 Reavers, uh, a thirst with a doppelganger cloak. It was quite a fighty army. Um, and thankfully, the orb came out. 
Um, we were in the realm of fire as well. So, and deployment, I deployed the same way I normally do for the orb, which my arm is really good at because I stick a block of 40 skellies as close to the orb as I can get for the center point. I put wolves on each flank um, so I can run and grab if needs be. Um, I stick my big things. So I add my ghoul king on a terror geist and my um, vampire lord in a position where they can go either way. Basically, I'm symmetrical. So whichever way the orb goes, I can get to it and I can fight it with with force. And my skellies are going to are gonna bog up the center. So I did that and um, I was given the first turn. So I basically buffed the bejesus out of the skeletons, and so they had inferno blades on them. They were um, they were stoked uh, with rage. They had um, mystic shield, and I just ran them straight over to the objective and put the forty skellies there, and pretty much just left everything else ready to see which way it went. Um, John charged his forty reavers in. The forty reavers, they might have done a wound. Um, and I just absolutely obliterated all 40 with the skeletons, like the, the tanked up skeletons doing, I had to put extra attacks on them as well. So, you know, I'd really, I'd really worked them. So yeah, they cut through them. The orb went, um, to my narrow side of my table. So I suppose you'd call it my way because, uh, as I'm looking at the table, it went right. So as John was looking at it, it was going, uh, instead of it going into his short edge, it was going towards the long way, and basically the only thing he had that could could get anywhere near to to be mobile enough to keep up with it was his his bloodthirster, and his bloodthirster was a bit busy with um with my characters, so uh, <laughs> yeah, that's when I came over and it was it was just heading in. <laughs> it was, and he, he feared Arkan because he was a bit worried about Cursor Years, and really, uh, yeah. And there was a critical point where I suppose what I did was um, he'd come in and I knew he had the doppelganger cloak and he was into Arkan and he'd kind of half said, um, I'm going to pile round and go to the Ghoul King. Um, it activated down at the skeletons first. So it was my activation because he was leaving the, um, uh, the, the bloodthirster. So I activated my little vampire lord. And I said to him at the time, I'm piling him into you, but I'm not going to touch base here because I'm going to give you the option. And, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I wasn't there to win the event. So I was saying, you know, you can make the decision. You can, you can pile into the, um, uh, to the ghoul king if you want. But if he piled into the ghoul king, he had to come out of combat with my vampire lord, which would mean I could then use him to go and sit on the objective counting as 20. So he did, he made the choice to, rather than to stay where he was and have me locked in combat so I couldn't I couldn't get to it. Um he he, he went for the kill on the Ghoul King. Um and then Vaudry just ate him. And then basically he had no mobility and it, it ended up just my little vampire flying lord, just every time it moved, I just ran the vampire lord onto it. I, I gave him priority each to turn and I scored maximum. So yeah, there was there wasn't much much fight really he just didn't have any mobility so he couldn't chase it down and that was my game one i wonder if that was his the weakness in his list in general was just lack of something really quick that could react yeah he, he suffered against liam maybe later and was, was that game yeah. five you played liam was it yeah i think it's that he didn't have 
giveaway units. Like he didn't have because he was so low drops, he didn't have the option to like for his opponent to kill four units of blood reavers, and then for him all of a sudden to go, that's a herald, that's yeah. a unit of flesh hounds, that's just like chucking units out for free just so you can, like you say, grab the objectives. Uh, also, a lot of the objectives I don't think were his favor because if he had. If it was any objectives where they were static, like I said, and they stayed still, he would have yeah. been on it. Yeah. He would have been on yeah. it. Oh yeah. Uh, and and he, with that come to me, the um with the priests, if he could, the thing was he was so far away, he couldn't get within range to pull me off objectives, and yeah. you know I was just yeah, he just if I was playing him in shifting objectives or anything where you have to come into a grind, I'd have been absolutely battered. Um, and his army. How did you, how did you get on with the Blood Warrior unit? Did you? Well, I, I kind of just left the skeletons in there with him to hold them up. So yeah. he, he didn't have anything he could fight. He, yeah, he got through the skeletons in the end, but they were so slow. The rest of the army was so mobile. The slowest thing in my army was the direwolves, apart from the skeletons. So yeah. everything's fast, especially when I'm running it. He, and he, he didn't have a chance, really, of catching up with me. And it's a long, a long way to that other end of the board, and it just kept getting further and further away from him every single time it moved. So yeah. it was quite demoralising, I think. Uh, I played uh, Duffy, the lovely Duffy, game one. Uh, he had the Nurgle army, which obviously you can see on the Honest Wargamers website if you wish to see it. It's uh, quite a lovely list. So we, again, both had the same drops, so it was kind of a roll-off. Uh, he won the roll-off to choose sides. He was a gentleman and stayed at the side he was at because I wasn't moving anyway. Yeah. Uh, we he deployed pretty much all his army on the line. We had a little discussion the gate at the start of the game. I was like, I was kind of getting to his head. I was like, "Are you going to give me the turn to just get one point, or are you going to take it?" I even as a system, I think you have to take turn one against me because if you don't, my army was fast enough. Because we obviously he was on the line and I was on the line. There's only a twenty-four inch gap between us. My knights move nineteen. If I put cogs up, they'll be moving faster. I was like, I I will take off a good portion of your army if it's not buffed. So he ran his army. So he took turn one, put his commandable on for the uh, Harminger. So obviously that he's uh, Blight Kings that got a couple of nice rolls, sixes and fives on the runs for the Blight Kings. Moving up, he then had the Plague Monks like in the middle. So he was obviously capturing objective. And then that was end of turn one. He was He was like 11 inches away. Harm me for the plague monk, so he failed the charge. Uh, no, he was uh, thirteen away, so he couldn't charge me. And then we went for there. I took, uh, so I just put my buffs on my knights, uh, put on the usual, put on Van Hells on them, and I tried to cast um, Feral Blades on them, but I failed it that time. And then, so I decided I, I, he dispelled it. Sorry, and then I. Turn one went in with the charge with them, put the vampire lawyer on, put the grim gas in just to everything, just kind of like to hold the army up. Uh, the black knights went into 10 chaos chosen and the plague monks and five blight kings. And after the first time I attacked, there was no plague monks, there was three chaos chosen and four black kings left. And then obviously, Thanks. when I piled in again, uh, there was a couple of black kings left, and that was it uh, of that combat. And we kind of just, uh, I got the, obviously the three points there, so I was just up. Uh, and then from that point on, the objective moved. Uh, so obviously I was deployed to the side. It moved to my left, uh, just straight, moved to there. And then 
he took the turn. He kind of had to. If he he could have tried to give me the turn, but if he did, he probably wouldn't have had an army at that point left, and you wouldn't be able to get to the objective because obviously the unit is chosen had died, and I would just move on to the objective again, get the four by being then blocking him from actually getting the points. He moved up. Uh, it was quite a grindy game. Uh, the ability from the Harviger uh, plus Witherstave. Uh, I also had so I had the Dread Knight on my uh, Black Knights as well, and it was just so you reroll. So I was hitting on freeze, rerolling to hit, rerolling sixes as well, wounding on. So on the wheel on turn one was also reroll sixes to wound him. So then I was wounding on freeze, rerolling sixes, and it was just a very uh, long dice game sort of, uh, for that uh, ability is kicking in. Uh, then just uh, it got away from him. Uh, I was just able to hold his stuff up, and he killed the Black Knights at one point uh, with charge with a unit of five Blight Kings that were again bladed and stoke raged, and he just took them off uh, once they were out of range of uh, the Dragon's uh, death save. I then was lucky the last Blight King in the middle. Uh, finally died, rolled the four up on my gravesite that was in the middle of the board, came back 50 nights, I got the turn and then just moved back on him and uh, just ground the rest of his army off. Sweet. That was it. Uh, major Sweet. win. Major win, so that's two major wins so far out of two, well done. Nathan, well we know what happened to you but you can tell us about it anyway. <laughs> um, well I was playing Martin Swaffield from Newcastle. Uh, he had his night haunt uh, with the loads of chain rasps and blade geists. So I wasn't overly worried about the damage potential of his army. I had a, what I thought was a fairly solid game plan going into it, where I would try and fight whatever he had on the table and hold on to my bivaltic blasts with miles. So that when I took the charge from his blade geists, he only had a unit 10, a unit 15. I should be able to do substantial damage to them before they get to attack. Uh, the only thing that would throw a spanner in the works is if uh, he got a 10-inch charge. So he took first turn, bubbled off the objective, and as soon as he had said, right, okay, it's your turn, I was like, right, cool. He was like, oh, crap, your army flies, doesn't it? So he'd left this massive gap in the middle of the table, uh, I was he, he must have missed me salivating at the like the drill was running out the side of my mouth at this big fish tank for me to put all my eels into. Uh, <laughs> which is exactly what I did. He bubbled off and I just threw everything into the middle of his bubble, took the middle of the table, he then charged me with his blade geists in his turn to try and get the objective back. And I was able to use my shocks to diminish his blade geists, even though he got a, a couple of 10-inch charges. So by the end of turn three, even though the objective had only really moved a little bit, it kind of like shifted away to the side a little bit, he didn't really have any army left. Uh, his chain rasps had been uh, diminished to the point he only had a unit of 20 left, and both his unit of blade geists were, were gone. In turn three, all he had left at the end of turn three was his uh, Guardian of Souls. Just the, 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 the eels were just far too strong for his list. Uh, the amount of damage output that they did on the charge was crazy. So it was a, it was a, a fairly easy uh, major win at the beginning of the, the event for me. Um, 
unfortunately for Martin, I don't I don't think it could have really went any other way, even with luck. Like even if the objective went to the back of the board, it would have uh, it would have still been a really really hard game for him. Good stuff. Okay, so three out of three. Well done, lads. Good start. Um, so moving on round two, this was another from the new handbook, Shifting Objectives in the Realm of Gur. And most interestingly, I think, is the, the Realmscape here, Primal Violence, which I don't know if anyone's played in before, but this is the one where if you, uh, you roll a six, you repeat the combat phase, which uh, could be very interesting. Um, although it is quite fair on everybody, it's not just one person getting to do it, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's a balanced Realmscape feature. There we go. Matters, matters what turn of uh, combat you're in with Deepkin, then, then it's maybe a thing. Yeah, true, <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, back to you, Stu. How did you get on? Who are you playing round two? <coughs> okay, so I had um, uh, Adam Turner from uh, the, the TO from Aegon. Uh, so he knows his stuff, and he'd brought, um, I don't know what he'd brought, he'd basically brought a mass of evocators and something else that didn't really matter. So, <laughs> oh, and apart from Shawhart, or whatever his name is. So so basically, I, I and I, I liked the um, the descriptive that, that I heard Nathan give of, um, of, of, of Liam's formation when he played him, the no fun box. Yep. So I, I spent about the first 30 minutes creating my own no fun box where I basically uh, I, I, I cast away the uh, movement trays that I'd, I'd so so uh, rigorously <laughs> spent the last 10 minutes re-ranking my skeletons up in. So I, I whipped those out and I made uh, a cage uh, a bit like uh, what you do with your dwarves when you're playing Blood Bowl, but using 40 of the buggers uh, over basically a quarter of the air of, of my side of the board. And then I, I measured everything very, very intricately as he sat smiling and laughing at me because he knew that the thing is with that army, he wasn't likely to come down because he wants it to come down on the shifting objectives. But if you leave a gap, he'll come in and he'll rip the teeth out of your army so there's nothing you can do. So you've got to deploy defensively, um, and that did prevent him from coming in and, and pulling the teeth, I suppose. Um, but anyway, um, I might have been mobile for um, for the orb, but skeletons, my infantry, are certainly not mobile. And when you've bubble-wrapped your army in skeletons, um, it's quite a slow cage to run up the field. So mm. uh, basically, I lack the pace to redeploy. Um, so And then... On pit round on game on t- beginning of turn three, I failed uh, three three and four inch charges and didn't realise until I was drinking cheeky vimptos uh, that <laughs> evening that that skeletons uh, have musicians that allow you to make a six inch cat charge. So it's my own fault for starting on the uh, the IPA at nine thirty, I suppose. Uh, sure so anyway, a little bit. A little practice game on the Friday. You'd mentioned that as well to me, actually. I know, I know. That's it. And I was thinking, I was thinking going into this game. Well, I might have found something here. I've got a hundred percent win record with mixed death. I took apart Nurgle. I've then gone <laughs> through Corn, but then then came Shawhart and and the the no fun evocators. So basically, they dropped down. Um, they claimed uh, an objective, and then once that was secure, that side of the field. Um, they just moved in. Um, they smashed up my skeletons in a round of combat, 
they'd already killed him. So then they uh, they pushed all that lightning stuff into Arkan and killed him. And by that point, um, when when priority went at the beginning of four to Adam, and he scored the points he scored, it wasn't mathematically possible then for me to for mm. me to do anything. So uh, so that what was did it. He do it with his... What did he do with this big unit of 30 Liberators? The Liberators started on on the field. Um, they weren't they weren't very fast. Mm. Uh, so no, they, they they weren't they weren't really um, they didn't play a very big role to be honest. Um, They're just. I, I think of... I did I did do some damage. I killed the Liberators. I I killed all of them. They came onto one objective. That's who I failed the charge against. Um, I basically I put Vordry into them. So Vaudry went in and he killed the unit of Liberators. So he killed all 30 of them in around an half of combat. Well, I got him down to one. And then I thought, well, I'm not killing that because if he spawns another bloody 30 of those buggers on a 5+, plus, I'm not going to be happy. So I was, I think in this one I was, uh, I don't know, I was, I was saving all my command points and i seemed really really reluctant even when i failed those charges or when i failed when i rolled a one for a run on my skeletons two rounds consecutively i didn't spend them and i think that yeah i I need to be more open to spending command points but no it was a it was quite a strong decisive win for the stormcast against me and i um the beasts thing i I wanted it i needed it to go off actually because i'd uh, i'd charged and if it and I'd wiped out a unit of something, and if it had gone off and we'd have got the six, I'd have been able to pile in again with my flayers and contest the three point objective on turn three, and then it it, it could have still been a game, um, but no, didn't happen. So there you fair go. Enough. That's me. Fair enough. So so one win, one loss. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Um, Liam, I guess you guys can all can just do this together. I suppose you. Well, I can I can talk how I tactively outplayed Nathan for two turns. <laughs> you can you can uh, describe this game, and I'll slag you off when you're not here to defend it. That's all right. So, uh, a game I didn't want to see. If I'm honest, I didn't want to see this. This mission also for me, I would have preferred a mission that split up his army. The narrow deployment I felt was more of an advantage to you. As much as I think you maybe didn't with my deployment, I think the actual the way the mission objectives were was very good for you because it means your army was allowed to focus all in one area of the board rather than if we did play like a blood and glory where you would have had to split your entire army up to different parts, which yeah. would have weakened uh, your force or allowed me to if I hit you back harder, you wouldn't have had enough left to uh, it's a cope. happy little accident. <laughs> Yeah, I, I job like for that to, role. I generally like to be able to flank in some way, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't possible in the mission. Yeah, uh, being being played long ways, but uh, no, it was good to be able to to hit in two waves instead. Um, but no, the 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 mission itself as well lended itself to to your army more than than mine. Mm-hmm. On paper, but uh, a, a luck did play a large part in it. So obviously, you were you were able to take turn one because you were a lot less drops than me. Yeah, uh, I won the, the deployment. The most miraculous well. box. Yeah, 
Talk about the box, Liam. The box was spectacular. So, uh, this is the box of no fun, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I pretty much. I, I pretty the original decided, one best. I decided I wasn't wanting eels to come uh, up behind me and uh, bite me. So <laughs> I used. So I just literally, to save time, I literally just laid trays out and goes single file trays of five wide, uh, five 25 mils by an inch, and put just part still putting units down. So unit 10 skeletons at one side, unit 10 at the other. Unit 10 at the back and the 5 Graveguard to fill out the back of the board, thinking 18-inch bubbles is what you can't fit in. So I'm just going to spread this out, and then I put my Grimgast, a big long line, on my uh, deployment line, and just went, I'm going to take first turn, I'm going to just make this wall bigger, had all my stuff in the middle. So even if you did buff with your Soul Scries and that, you'd be on a hard push charge to actually reach me, uh, with the bonus, I think. Even at like a bonus six, even on a twelve, that'd be an eighteen. You'd have still, you'd had to string yourself out if you still wanted to hit the Grimgar. You'd had to obviously choose the Grimgar as your choice. So I made an eleven-inch then... charge plus six, and it still wasn't enough. No. Like... So if, if, if you want to see a picture of the box of no fun, I did actually get a good picture of it, just as it was still in full box mode. Uh, with Liam, with Nathan lined up on the other side. So there's a there's a picture on my Twitter. If you if you ever have a rake, you'll find it. Yeah, it was funny. If you message it through, I'll stick it on the um, the show notes for people who want to click on the uh, click on the WhatsApp. <laughs> okay. And then turn one, uh, I was very lucky also in the triumph to roll reroll saves, which I thought this could come in handy at some point with the uh, the wall of Grimgasts. So I took to uh, your deployment. You were very cagey. We obviously discussed on how far I could reach, and would obviously I said to you that I couldn't reach you. Uh, if you deployed this like that far back with your units, but you deployed, I think you asked the question too late, and you'd already half deployed a few of your units that then had to then stay out of comp, uh, stay out of the game for an extra turn. Which, if you did deploy them closer, you would have been absolutely fine, and you would have had like I think nearly your whole army in combat in turn two instead of yeah. Uh, I started deploying the thralls, and it only really became clear to me once I'd seen how Liam was deploying that he wasn't going to alpha strike me. Like he wasn't deploying his knights on the, the uh, twenty-four inches away from me. So at that point, I was like, right, okay, well, how far can these grim guests go? And decided to put a unit of nine eels on the table. Um, I actually thought in your deployment you were going to give me turn one. And I just, I just want to put the pressure onto you. Yeah, yeah. I just want to put the pressure on you. Take the five. I had more models than you, and your units are all very elite. So you'd have actually had to kill me to get the objectives. Uh, so like the end of turn, was the... like you, Liam had moved up uh, bodies on all uh, three objectives. Um, in fact, that's a point we never really considered. It was, did you have? Other units capturing that objective? <laughs> Did we play that wrong? Did you have the one unit capturing all three? Yeah, can. Same models, models yeah. can't. Yeah. Okay. But, there's um, no, there's no objective in the game. The only objective in the game I think that you can catch all f- uh, two at once with is like the corn dragon. Right. Okay. So that's the only model that is wide enough to hold wide two objectives. Yeah. Well, um, he bent five up. And I thought, right, I'm going to try and get rid of this wall of grim guests and play for a double turn. And everything the eels had hit up until this point, they'd killed. So I figured, well, I've tried charging stuff with nine eels. 
Let's charge this with 18 and a unit of 10 uh, thralls. The 18 eels, and I ended up only being able to attack with five thralls based on how activations had went, killed a total of 16 of 30 Grim Gas Reefers. Um, so I was locked in combat with like 1,200 points of my army going into turn two, and then I lost the priority roll. Um, the fact that your army, Oops. your Grimgas were still alive, though, mm -hmm. was a bit of a saving grace, really. I think it was an advantage to you, yeah. Because yeah. if I'd won that priority and the Grimgas were dead, then yeah, it would have been amazing for me. I'd have got right into the back line and started uh, taking stuff off the table. But if that layer of Grimgas was gone and I then lost the priority, then my basically my front door was open and I'd have just had everything uh, thrown into me and I'd have lost every unit really, really quickly. But um, as it turned out, eels with a four-up save counter uh, Ren 2 Dragon. And uh, I, I was able to like make almost every armor save against your Zombie Dragon when you yeah. charged in. So what was looking like a for me quickly swung back in my favor. Um, I, I made a couple of lucky armor saves and uh, then won the turn three priority. And uh, well, I, in my turn two, I was able to get a massive high tide charge off, uh, break down your front door, open you up a little bit, and then won the turn three priority and was able to cement myself on top of your grave sites and kill your zombie dragon as well. Um, thinking about it now, actually, I think I'd. I'd, I'd summoned the comet and did like one or two wounds with the comet and it was just enough to kill your dragon wasn't it yeah that's what uh threw over the yeah you retreat you retreated your eels on my turn to yeah. your turn two as well which allowed you then on turn three to just come in and full swing uh at my army yeah because uh, again you had the control of combat to that point you were able to hit the dragon uh, with the eels afterwards. Uh, the dragon obviously hit the eels and did nothing back. Yeah. Uh, he, it's such a... It's horribly it's horribly annoying how much of a swing and miss that model actually is uh, yeah. when you need them to do something and they just, well, lie down their backs and get their stomachs rubbed, which is then obviously is a knife to the stomach and they don't like it. <laughs> But no, there was, it, it was quite interesting that the, the luck was kind of swinging back in my favour. But even so, it was still quite close. Like the way that we, we had units on both sides contesting almost every objective. And there was a lot of key moments where if this model took one more wound and then you got to roll your four up sacrament, you could have got yeah. all 30 of the Grim Gas back. And if you'd done one more damage to my Soul Scryer, it would have been one less model to contribute. Like it was a really tight, cagey. Well, not cagey, but there was a lot of high drama moments. And uh, I know that key, if, key movement. If there was those, a lot of yeah. key movement on that turn three. Uh, again, I think we talked about. I'd I'd obviously put my uh, buff the wrong way around. I put it on my black knights, which I retreated with instead of put it on my uh, white king. Yeah, my white king. I think if I put it on the white king, I would have done the damage to kill you. Yeah, which is really annoying, and then it's still a fifty-fifty, but I would have had the chance there to either. But no, uh, I, I, I knew at that moment, 
like at the start of the game, I was really down. Like I was, I was quite upset that I'd bounced so hard, and I thought I'd just thrown it away. And uh, the, when the game started to go that way, if any of those had went wrong and I'd ended up losing at that point, I would have been. I, I wouldn't have been upset at that. I would have been able to walk away from that game knowing that it had at least been quite close and competitive and not just a complete walk over. Whitewash, yeah. And I was I was glad as well that me and Liam had played each other so early on as well. Um, probably didn't end up working out best for your strength of schedule in the end, but it was... I think it did. I think because I played... Did, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, because obviously then I wasn't kicking into you later in the event. I think the later on, like we says, the mission... As much on paper, it looked better for me. I think it actually wasn't on. Pa- it wasn't yeah. when you got to the table better for me because I wasn't able to spread your army out as much as is. Because again, if for example, if we played on total commitment, anything like that, that or anything where the objectives were the far, the far like would you say four foot apart, five foot apart, yeah. it means you have to have your army split up a bit more, which I can take apart quite well. I think I've used the term a few times, but I think I catfished Liam by playing bad at the start of the mission, and uh, he got a bit lax. <laughs> it did seem very close when I was sort of wandering around. It was the start of the game, like you say, it was it was very close, and you were looking like you were down, Nathan, and uh, and then it, obviously it swung, and I was a little bit not shocked, but a little bit such a little bit shocked when it, the win for you came through on the on the, on the sheet, you know. By the end of that game, I'd, I was three beers in because John had been bringing me beers. And then he, <laughs> in the middle of the game, when he saw how bad it was going, he poured my, my rum and coke as well. <laughs> I was just uh, drowning my sorrows and then celebrating, I suppose. It was a, it was a good game. Excellent. Okay, so that's, let's end the round two. So you're on. Did you, two sorry, wins. did you hear any reports of anyone getting the extra combat? So I didn't, I didn't, I've not heard any. And I, 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 I don't remember. had one. Did he have one? Badge did, yeah. Who was he playing against? He He was playing, uh, let me check here, round two. I think I heard it on the interviews when I was listening to the interviews. Quite possibly. I can't remember now. (laughs) John Uh, Craig? Spadge was playing Paul. Paul. Uh, Maybe. They just just attacked each other. No, it didn't go off once on my game. No. Well, no, it didn't. Well, nothing happened in Beast no. in our game. We didn't even use the realm spells. No. Uh, as I've said, to, I said to Nathan during the game, I think the realm spells for Beast aren't as great uh, compared to obviously some of the damage in, uh, improving. Or yeah, there's a lot of them affects monsters. Like obviously, they make a monster move in that, which just wouldn't have came up. And you could have used that against me to move my monster, but yeah, I just don't think the there's bravery yeah. ten. Cool. So uh, that was round two. So Nathan had two wins, and you guys are both on a win and a loss. So everything's been major so far. No, no minor wins, no minor losses. So yeah. all very sort of binary still. Uh, and moving into round three, this was rolled up as Star Strike in the realm yeah. of Shaish, um, with the haunted realm, realmscape, which is the one that makes everything sinister. Yeah. In, a, in addition to what it was, so. Stu, back to you. Who did you get on? Who were you playing? Yeah. So I was playing Lee Martin and the Daughters of Cain again. Hey. So I, I just played Lee at, um, at the Howling, the same list. So I was used to it. So you had to um, beat it. 
Oh yeah, I knew that. I needed. He just, he just left that to strike it. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> and um, unfortunately, I didn't have that. Um, and to be honest, throughout the game, I just didn't think I could compete. It didn't feel like I could. Um, he played really well. I mean, Lee's a really good player. He played a tight game, um, and it showed the strength of the book as well. Um, Marathi pinned Vaudry and the Ghoul King at one point and held them up, so I had to retreat them out. I lost a round of combat. Um, he's got, there's so many re-rolls and auto-abilities in that book. It's it's phenomenal. Um, and it's like they have a similar thing to the Eels, where each turn they get something else, but it's cumulative. Yeah. And it just seems that they've got they've got so much going for them. And I don't... I think- yeah, I don't see the weakness. I, I, I do think the problem in that as well for is Star Strike doesn't start till turn three, with no. all the three objectives down, and that's when Hagnar is at max because that's yeah. when they roll all hits, reroll yeah. ones that, uh, to run in yeah. charge, and they just and they've got a better save than the death. You know, I've yes, this <laughs> is quite a, it's a thing that uh, yeah Crazy. I've mentioned before that well, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to whine about it. I mean, I was well beaten. There are a strong list, but. Lee's a strong player as well, and yeah, um, it was a comprehensive victory and fair play to him. So he was so, coming off a game two loss as well, so maybe that focused his mind even more. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was keen, and he was keen to save his victory. But I think I had Marathi down to one or two wounds in that one, and I was quite. Keen uh, he didn't to... kill her. Uh, I heard. Yeah, I heard thunder tusks are the way to Spadge, do it. Spadge managed it. Spadge well, managed too. Spad Spad had killed it, so so he he was obviously not giving me that glory. So yeah, um, she retreated out in the end, and yeah, I was I was done for. I couldn't I couldn't do it. So no, well beaten. That was the end of my day, day one. Day one, so good stuff. So one win, two losses for you, Liam. How did you get on? I was playing. Uh, sorry, I was playing Adam Rawson, uh, Sylvaneth. Stardom himself. Uh, it was so deploying. I deployed quite uh, once he'd started. Pretty much when I played both the Sovereign players, I was looking at where that branch rift gets placed and going, kind of alpha it, kind of be there quick. And neither of the Sovereign players took a one drop list, which was the shock to me. Because uh, I think that's obviously where they 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 do so well as being able to uh, choose first and second. Uh, for turn one, so they can either buff themselves or they can uh, out-deploy their opponent so that they can choose what they want to do during the game. So why are you wanting to kill a branch wreath early doors? Takes out the acorn ages, takes out the spell, verdant blessing. So if I did that, he would. the only way he would be able to make a wood would have been Alario's uh, Metamorphosis, uh, killing a unit, which obviously is a rare occasion that that actually works. Uh, I was looking, obviously, that he deployed her quite loosely he deployed quite early so she was like placed down i was like i can take her turn one but then he deployed 600s right next to her so i was like nah i'll <laughs> uh i gave him turn one he put his woods down took his three woods he deployed his two units got his two units of six five hunters in a into two separate woods and uh we moved on turn my turn one i honestly don't know what happened i, I had a brain fart in this game where i just chose to Put Van Hells on my uh, my fifteen Black Knights, but I didn't put Legion of Bones uh, or Dread Knight on them, and just willy nilly walked them up towards his uh, six hunters. And I uh, didn't realize, obviously, until I was in the uh, charge phase, I was like, 
there's tokens missing from the <laughs> Did you move oh. them? <laughs> no, I'm just like, oh no, I've got four command points. Why have I not spent any of these command points? And uh well, three command points, sorry. And then I was uh, that at that point I was just like, okay, I was like, this could become a problem if I uh, but unfortunately they went in, they fluffed, he hit me back, he fluffed, and that was it. So then we went on to Roll for Power 2. I got it. The Star Strike, the uh, mission, uh, the Comet landed in the middle of the board, uh, which was great for me because that's obviously where my 15 Black Knights were. Uh, I got my dragon. I moved up, got my dragon to that combat with the Six Hunters as well. Uh, powered him up with Dread Knight to, uh, and just uh, retreated, the, uh, retreated the Black Knights out and then pulled my White King up behind which had the Archbane standard, or uh, whatever it's called, the six-inch minus one to wound. Uh, yeah, and hunters don't like minus one to wound. And I had ethereal, my dragon was ethereal and minus one to hit and had rerolled hits of his own. So he was when he was hitting, he was minus, minus one to hit and minus one to wound, which hunters just didn't like. So they were just, they were just fluffed all their attacks. They did nothing against them. I also had cogs on him, so he was rerolling saves. Uh, as well, so he was real on saves. Got two spells, which was the ethereal uh, ethereal uh, on himself, and then a natural darkness from a necromancer was put onto him. Uh, killed free. Uh, Love little trick in this. So he I killed free, and he was like, "Okay, so it's about a as a six a battle shock." I was like, "Your wood causes minus one because of sinister. My banner causes minus one as well." So he was obviously then at uh, minus two straight off his bravery. He rolled the six and three hunters went away, so that was six hunters dead. Because that lovely additional uh, scenery is additionally sinister, obviously, works on all scenery, so it affected all the woods and the yeah. and the boats, I think, having Nathan's game as well. Uh, and the tree, which I'm guessing that didn't, maybe didn't come up in Duffy's game. And I would just, uh, from there, so I got the turn, took the objective, He and then I uh, he moved forward trying to take the objective from me. He didn't get it from me that turn. Uh, I then rolled the priority, got the free. Both our objectives ended up right across from each other. And then at that point, I just pushed my army into uh, his army and ground away at him. Uh, the Grim Ghasts were spread out uh, through his, pardon me, his dryads, his spite revenants, his tree, re pardon me, his spite revenants, and uh, the other unit hunters. We're just grinding away at each other. Uh, and the other corner of the board where the real action was happening, 10 skeletons were losing a fight badly to 10 dryads. Uh, so over three, combat, three turns of combat, they, uh, the, the skeletons finally died uh, to some dryads. And then uh, just from there, I got the priority again. And we just obviously just kept going to grind. But obviously I was way up in points at that point uh, for him to catch up. So I got the two, got the... Uh, got the nine, and then obviously just pushed all the way through to uh, high kill point. Uh, the high point, so he obviously was just trying to get kill points in the last two, uh, last turn. And uh, so a major win to be again. Excellent. So back on track, Nathan. Over to you. Yeah. So after having to face Liam, I then had to face Mike uh, with his build. Another matchup that I didn't particularly want. Um, I just played Mike in a practice game on Wednesday and I was destroyed. Like 
so bad. Uh, I wasn't even in the game. It was horrendous, which ended up being good practice for me. Um, I'd played with my Deepkin a few times uh, while I was in the process of uh, building them, and uh, I'd always had. I'd, I'm going to sound bad saying this because one of the practice games was against you, Scott, but I hadn't really <laughs> had any challenge. Um, and I've really got to find the limits of the, the army. Uh, it's, all about, so, it's all about morale, coaching, and then, yep. you know, it's all subtle. <laughs> Well, I mean, Mike did mention that um, he he had one warm-up game, the one game that Andy Curry had, had before the Howling yes. was against him, and then the one game you'd played with the Eels before before this, he said, was him. So he's going to start touting himself out as a as something of a a, a life skills coach and a warhammer coach. Coach Callahan, he's <laughs> trying to get it trademarked. JP was accusing them of uh, um, basically having like he basically threw the game against me in order to advertise for his own <laughs> coaching skills. Um, no, I'd, I'd, in that game, I'd said to Mike at the start of the game when we played on Wednesday that uh, before the event, I was just going to play fast and loose. I was going to try and make mistakes, not deliberately make mistakes, but just kind of react. And it paid dividends in the end because I was able to find out a lot of things not to do. Um, so this game was... One on deployment, in my opinion. We'd played previously on uh, Escalation, where the eels were 36 inches away from whatever he'd deployed on the table because they're not my battle line. So he wasn't prepared for being 24 inches apart. Uh, he put his start deployment. We'd been going back and forth. I'm 10 drops, he's 11. So it was a very strategic uh, deployment. And He'd put a screen down on the 12-inch line, which surprised me. He'd put five liberators down between a couple of bits of scenery, including my boats. And I was wondering what he was screening off. And then he put the Star Drake down behind it. And I know why he'd done it. In his mind, he was preparing for me making him go first, which is what we did in our practice game before. And he needed to be able to get onto the table in some way to, to stop me just uh, running away with the board. But what it allowed me to do, because at that point I'd put a soul scryer in, in the sea, but I hadn't deployed any of the, the eels with the, the soul scryer. Um, as soon as the Star Trek went on the table, I put both units of eels down on the 12 inch line. And I knew at that moment, he knew that he'd made a mistake. Uh, ran I took first turn, ran both eels up the table, got about five or six inches away, with, uh, without having to use a command point, I was uh, still holding on to them. In fact, no, sorry, I'd, I got a five-inch run with one, and then I used the command point on the other, so I was really close to him. Uh, was able to surround him with a big charge. Uh, he was running the four-up mortal wound save on a Star Drake, so put one lot of blasts in, did nine mortal wounds, of which he saved four, so I'd done five, and then got the other one in, did ten, he saved another five, so he'd taken a total of ten wounds. So put all of the spear, like just decided I was putting all of the attacks into the Star Drake with one unit of nine, and I was going to take that opportunity before he'd got the Castellant buff onto the Star Drake to, to try and drop it, and was able to drop it with one unit of nine. And that was all I wanted to achieve out of that charge. I just wanted to get rid of the Star Drake, and I felt quite confident that he didn't have anything else in the army that would be able to deal with uh, what I had on the table. But then the other unit of nine eels took off two other characters that 
and the Herald are off. So he had no retreat and charge and he had no plus one save and heal. And then I took off the five Liberators as well. So all he had left was two units of Judicators that could only shoot the closest unit. So all he could shoot was the eels. He couldn't shoot what was going to be scoring objectives. And two units of Sequiturs in the sky that once they came onto the table, they were wherever, wherever they went is where they were staying. They didn't have the mobility anymore. Mm. Um, so at that point, in my mind, I was very far ahead. Uh, but then it, things just kept going wrong for him after that. He, he did try to pull it back. He tried to do a couple of different things and play the game out. Like he's a good player. And uh, it just, like, I think he, he made one charge out of two with his secretors to turn the game down. Was lucky enough to win the priority into turn three. I, I was very unlucky with priorities all weekend, but he got the priority and then charged the sequitors into two units of, um, two units of thralls in high tide. So I got to fight first. And after the combat, I'd lost most of the two units of thralls, but he lost a full unit of sequers. And every uh, penny was a prisoner for him at that point with his units. He couldn't really afford to throw anything away. So it was uh, it was an unfortunate game for Mike. Uh, I don't think he expected it to go as badly as that. Uh, and it was a bit of a, a bit of a shame that it did go down that way. It was just complete lack of knowledge of what the potential of my army was. Um, yeah. But no, another major win for me. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, I think I think there's not we've not seen a lot of deepkin. We're chatting about no. this I think as well. We've not seen, not seen a lot of deepkin up here, so um taking full advantage of that, well done. Um but obviously, you know, you just play what's in front of you. Yeah. You can't do can't do anything about that. So focal focal definitely pick up on it more I think so. Um, great, so that's the end of day one um, and we went out for the evening, most of us uh, got a spot of uh, cheap buffet Chinese which kind of <laughs> filled a hole <laughs> it, it wasn't the best but it, it, I was starving by that point I don't know about you guys, I was absolutely ravenous but um, a few of the beers had kicked in obviously the energy of the, of the day had been uh, quite, a, quite a long day, quite a high, hyper day um, so yeah, I was starving, ready for a few more beers as well. But um, so we, we we had that as a group. I think it was only two of us missing. I think Duffy and John had gone. They stayed quite local. They'd gone home. Um, but the rest of us were all out and stayed together, which was pretty good. Um, and then we ended up most of us and uh, well, about maybe half after that went to the, the pub just up the road, just the Weatherspoons, and uh, out came the cheeky Vimtos. Which uh, I still don't know what's in it. <laughs> yeah, it was that blue pop stuff, like wicked blue variable. Wicked and, Couple uh, of them, Slogan, and... isn't it? Yeah, something yeah. like that. I don't know. It was all right. It was it like was pop. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was like yeah, it's just drinking juice, isn't it? So there was a yeah. a few rounds of one hand led by led by Adam and <laughs> uh, and and other Adam as well. So that kept mm-hmm. us going, and then I think most of us kind of retired at a reasonable hour, but a few hardy souls stayed out. Yeah. Um, I think Spadge and Eric were suffering the next morning when I saw them. And, and the two Adams, yeah, obviously. Yeah, so were the Adams, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Martin as well was with them, but he looked pretty healthy. That's right. that's right, yeah. So he's uh, he stays near Newcastle, he must be used to it. So <laughs> Anyway, so that was round, that was uh, day one and day two. So round four, we started with 
Uh, the role was duality of death in the realm of life, so Gairan, and we roll the realmscape feature up to be uh, again another new one I've not seen. Spontaneous growth. Oh which, yeah, this was the wild ones, wasn't it? Which is yeah, if you roll a six in any of your hero phases, you get a wildwood. Now this, of course, could be one to three basis of wildwood. Um, but me and John and and Steve had a good rummage around common grounds boxes, and we found half a dozen sort of GW wildwood bases and another half a dozen sort of quasi roughly the same shape GW bases. So stacked them all up, and then we thought, well, we better cap this to, to one base per per roll um so that at least there's a chance of a few getting out there if, if it's rolled um and then off we went so uh Stu, who did you have came for i had john john craig jc um in yeah duality of death and this is more daughters of cain so the fun continued but <laughs> this one i felt was a, a bit more evenly matched it's a uh, a lot different it's it really is a different list um yeah. i think it's there's a i don't know it, it didn't feel from the onset that that it was unwinnable or it was out of your hands i had a problem though and my problem was that um overnight and maybe with ale and whatnot i'd uh <laughs> I'd, I'd had a sight of the list and i knew the mission so I'd, I'd flitted between one plan and another, and there was basically two plans in my mind of how I was going to take it, depending on how we deployed. And then basically did a hybrid or a bastardization of both, and it went horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> so I was <laughs> I was stupid, really. So yeah, mixed my strategies, and I went with the the lesser spotted. Uh, never, alpha never cross the streams. Yeah, the the alpha strike arcan uh, strategy, which <laughs> who'd have thought it, it doesn't work? So when you but, right, this is how ridiculous it was. Yeah, so I mirror pooled him up. There was two basically. One strategy was mirror pool up, vor dry buffed up, send him in because I could go first, smash up the list. But I knew I had to get to the characters, and he deployed in such a way that I didn't know whether I could get right through them. And I thought, well, this, the two units of, sister, of daughters are probably just going to kill him. So hmm, I was umming and ahhing, and I've been using Arcan as bait in all my games. So what I thought was, well, what I'll do is I'll put Arcan up, um, and I'll try and just, like, snipe off the characters. So I mirror-pooled him up, but then, of course, I'm out of range for the thing, uh, for spells. I didn't want to burn my command points on that because he was only there as bait and I don't like spending command points, as we've said. So I tried to do spells. None of it worked. And then I thought, oh, I've got to do something. So I moved Arkan up as an offensive piece, which is stupid. I could have just moved him back, but I didn't. I put him right up there um, and I charged him into a hag. And you'd think that a 320-point Mortark would be able to take out a 60-point Hag. But no, <laughs> I managed to do two wounds to said Hag, and then the the army descended on Arkan. And anyway, he, he wasn't long for the world. <laughs> so anyway, um, Vordry did massive damage. He killed loads of stuff. Um, the skeletons did manage to kill Marathi, so I killed a Marathi. Um, but ultimately, I got tabled. <laughs> So yeah, it was a 
it was just a, a catalogue of errors. And he had quite a lot of those um, harpy, them heart render type things that drop out of the sky and then stab you up your backside. So the Ghoul King didn't like that. They all dropped yeah. out, stabbed him. So he pretty much died. And then I was left with some direwolves and skeletons on one flank um, fighting against Marathi. And then Vaudry had come across towards the objective uh, and he killed, yeah, he killed most of the things that got killed. But in the end, he felt a, he felt a daughter's and uh, that was that. So yeah, I was, I was outscored and I was tabled. So uh, John was due one. That's uh, after our last game, I think um, I did really well with Neff and, a Nefar can combo, and um, he was using destruction. I think it was the last tournament he used destruction before he decided he wanted to start winning. Yeah, he's he's, he's gradually filthed his way up the rankings as as the yes. years progressed. He's he's, he's yes. gone from his uh, sort of semi-narrative just giants and half iron jaws, half green skin list. I I played him at uh, it was Todd Hammer or something. So. Um, yeah, yeah to, to end the, to end up with <laughs> daughters again, he really has. He's changed. Well, he's he certainly changed. turned it around anyway, and he, he he gave me a sound thrashing. So good on him. Uh, so that was you. I'll, one I'll, and... I'll I'll be better prepped for next time. So yeah, that's me. One and one and three. And, one and uh, three. I was a I just... good game though. He's a really good bloke, and, and it was good fun. Oh, um, I have a good bit of banter, and you know it was. Day two, I think we were both sitting on just one, one win. Oh no, oh, he was, was on it? zero. John's a I'd good lad, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he, um, he, he was a good, a good chat, and yeah, it was the same table that we'd played on at the last time as well. So I was going, oh, oh, He's, he ate, he said, because it's dark and he always loses, and I'm like, well, I always win on this table. <laughs> and then he proceeded to smash me up anyway, so I got what I deserved. But next time, I'll have you, I'll have you, John. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, that's me. John's a good lad, and yeah. So his his record with Daughters of Cain, he had three losses on day one, and Lee. The, the only other Daughters of Kane player there had, uh, he'd lost one of his three games. So overall, Daughters were on a, a net losing day one. So there you go. There you go, meta. Deal with that. But anyway, so uh, that's Stu done. So uh, Liam, how did you do? <laughs> Liam's dad, go to Nathan. Uh, Nathan, <laughs> how did you do? <laughs> um, so I was playing... Adam Turner, uh, with his Stormcast Eternals uh, Blunt Force Trauma list, as I was calling it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was um, not a, a good matchup for either of us, I don't think. Um, initially, I was under the impression that I would have a, a decent go of it, because he only had two heroes in his list. But it was quite hard. I'd, I'd deploy defensively like Stu mentioned before. You have to kind of deploy defensively against that army or it can just take you off without you being able to, to really have a go. And I was adamant that he was going to take first turn so that he could get onto the objectives, but then he made me go first. And I proceeded to make what I believe was a mistake. Um, I put the 
tied Caster onto one objective, the mirror pulled her forward and stuck her on one objective on the right hand side and cast the comet on the left hand side. And the reason I think that I made a mistake there is I probably should have put the tide caster on the left and brought the eel and uh, put the comet on the right because I brought the eels on from the right hand side. And it would have split his army up a bit more if he wanted to get me off of the objective. Um, the tide caster is fairly survivable uh, with eight wounds, ignore the first wound that she suffers. So I was, I'm fairly confident that she would outlast a round of shooting from a unit of five judicators. Uh, might, be, might have been close, I might be wrong there, but uh, I, made, I, I think it was a mistake. I, I was able to charge into his liberators, take a lot of their number off with the, the unit of nine eels, and then I just kind of set up the rest of my army ready to counter charge his evocators when he brought them onto the table. Uh, so he brings them down in his turn one, takes off the, the Tidecaster fairly easily, uh, blasts off a unit of ten, uh, ten thralls with the, the lightning. And then when it goes to turn two, uh, I think I win it. Yeah, so I, I win turn two priority. And then I get onto the objective, or, or get over to where his hero is that he's brought down on the objective and shock it off with the, the, the eel's electricity and start taking the, the evocators off as well. Uh, but for some reason, in, in this game, we just ended up with no time. We got two turns in. Uh, I had two heroes left. He had one. I had two close to one objective. He had the other. But all of a sudden, we only had like sort of like 10, 15 minutes left, and we're trying to play out the last three turns. We both made a, a few mistakes. Uh, he dismissed the Comet with only one of his Evocators that was left, whereas you need to have two. And then I forgot to bring down my Canary, which made the game a lot closer <laughs> than it, it would have. Like If I'd brought those Canary down, it would have made it so much easier to get the other objective because we were talking about, like, we he was... Oh, God, I, I, I was... I could have bit my tongue off. At the end, uh, I'd got five attacks through. It ran two, two damage onto his Castellant that was sitting with a two-up save on this objective. And he was rolling them one at a time. And he's like, don't look at the dice. Make eye contact with me. Look into my eyes as I'm rolling these dice. And uh, the Castellant really died to, to give me the game. <laughs> so a, a lot more went into it. But uh, yeah, it was it was a very tense game. So uh, yeah. Yeah, it was incre incredibly tense. I, I wasn't prepared for it this weekend. Uh, I was out of my element, I think. I, I went into that weekend expecting to maybe get 3-2 and thinking if I'd got lucky yeah. getting 4-1. Four, four, I sure as hell didn't expect to be one of the only two undefeated people by the time day two came around. So yeah. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't prepared for it at all. And uh, I think the nerves were getting the better of me. Um but no, other than that, other than it has been short of time, it was a good game. It was the first time getting to play Adam, and uh, he, he was a good laugh. We were cracking jokes and stuff. It was good fun. Excellent. So yeah. uh, that's you on four, four out of four. Yeah, four out of four, albeit three of them, uh, or two, two of them being very close games, yeah. Yeah, great. Um, Liam, now that you're back. Yeah. Uh, my game was against Christoph. Uh, it was a great game. Uh, we started off. Uh, I honestly thought I had this game in turn one. Uh, my dice 
uh, decided to not agree with me on that. Uh, he deployed his army, so he deployed on the line his Branch Wraith, Alariel, Durthu, and Dreitcha right next to each other on the line. And I was like, who wouldn't take it? Who wouldn't take charging uh, <laughs> 15 knights into that? Uh, so I deployed... I slowed my deployment down as as I've been doing now since I'm less drops and my formation allows me to do splits. I just deployed one less drop than him and uh, decided to have my Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon. I'm a Necromancer out with 30 inches, so you can unbind my magic turn one. And then obviously with my uh, my six-inch move, my three-inch move at the start of your phase, that did all my stuff. I put, uh, so I, spelt, I mirror-pooled my dragon. Uh, up to 18 inches, so I got like 20, 23 inches out of it or something. Because uh, obviously it just says within, so you can go from front of base to back to base as long as you end nine away. So I did that with him, just putting him literally nine inches away from his uh, branch, which needs uh, Durthu. And then moved up the Black Knights, buffed them up, Van Hells, Legion of the Night, uh, Legion of Bones. And I put Dread Knight on the Vampire Lord Zord Dragon. Did that the wrong way around. I should have, because I also had the reroll Hitch Triumph. I should have put the Dread Knight on the Knights and then put the news of the reroll Triumphs for the Dragon. Uh, so I used my shooting, uh, <coughs> Ant Wraith, uh, failed to wound her, unfortunately. Very rarely that happens of rolling the one on the wound. Uh, so then, charge them in. Uh, the dragon, the black knights into so I got like uh, eleven black knights in between the Lariel, the branch wraith, and the spike revenants next to them as well. So three, two knights went into the spike revenants, and the other went into Dreitcha. Uh, his uh, so then the dragon went into between Durthu and the branch wraith. He was uh, nearest, and he stomped. And then obviously in my head, I think my math didn't work out, including. His stomp, he stomped the Black Knights, making them minus one to hit, which I think costed me my damage output. Uh, so one one time the drag, one time the Black Knights attacking Paladin, uh, attacked with him twice and Paladin. After that, uh, Durthu had nine, had three wounds left. Alariel had eight. The Branch Wraith was dead, and uh, Dreitcha had eight wounds left. So at that point, I only had my dragon left to go, and I was like. Dragon's got this. He'll take out the Durthu. If I kill two heroes, uh, it'll be two heroes to three heroes. And I, in my head, I was like, I can win at that point because he's locked in combat with both Dreitcha and Alariel. You can't Dreitcha's. I also, by doing that, stopped him deploying woods the whole game because just he only had his wood that he puts down at the start of the game. Because I killed the Branch Wraith, which has his Acorn of the Ages, he can't get his free wood from that. And then Dreitcha had Verdant's Blessing to summon a wood, but because the Black Knights were all in and out, in her, uh, she couldn't get put down anywhere where it wouldn't be within range of models. So then, uh, his turn one, he mirror-pulled Alariel out of combat. Uh, sorry, to finish the combat. The dragon goes in, hits with a sword three times, wounds with a sword twice. Chris rolls two fives. I was like, okay, that's, that's not went through. Dragon's Mawtax hits three times, wins twice. He rolls one, one, and then rolls the five. So I was like, it's one through. It's fine. Come on, just be a cheeky, cheeky free up. Rolls a one. I was like, oh, 
That means the Southern Claws are going to have to do something here. Se seven Claws attacks. Picked them up. Six hits go through. Five wounds go through. Fours and fives on all the armor saves. And I was like, ah. Oh. Mm -hmm. So a lot of Dirty, unfortunately, survived on two wounds. Uh, a lot of else turn one. She does a heal herself. She heals six for her, her own ability. Uh, well, three, sorry, for her own ability. Then she rolls for her ability to heal everyone in range. She heals another three, so she's back. She's only taking two wounds at that point. Uh, Dirthu heals full three as well. Uh, and at that point, I just, I was like, this would be a tough game. He then, between magic and shooting the, uh, the dragon, was able to take it off uh, at the end of term, uh, his part of term one. Which, unfortunately, uh, at that point, I was, it was a very tight game from them. He cast Geminids on turn one as well, on 11, which I then couldn't unbind, and just then spent uh, the three turns. Well, the first turn, doing D3 Mortal Wounds, did two to my White King that was on the objective, and then he just spent the rest, the next two priority rolls that I had to take, just putting it through that White King until he died, uh, which I think is obviously the true strength of Geminids in that hero missions of just being able to Stop the game happening uh, for a couple of turns. Uh, it was very close uh, near the end. Uh, he took the White King off the Lariel and had to disappear and go into the objective. So I just I did start to pull it back on turn two. The picked up the Grim Ghasts, charged him in the Drycha, took Drycha off because uh, obviously retreating the Black Knights that were left. There was like four or five left that still time. And then Durthu tried to go in uh, to the Black Knights, did nothing. Again, I retreated the Black Knights out, which I just keep healing with these grave sites around uh, my side objective, and then just chucked the Grim Gas into him again. He had like five, six wounds left that time, and then just again took him off with uh, the damage I'd left to do. And then, unfortunately, that turn four, the, the maths obviously worked out that uh, a lot of had held the objective long enough that she would uh, win. And that was the uh, game. Shuggy Sand. Uh, loss, unfortunately. Um, okay, so you were on two and two now. Two two, yeah. Two two. Stu's one and three, and Nathan's four and zero. Oh. So hotting up nicely for round five, but um, this was time to break for lunch, and uh, we had a nice surprise delivered to us in the morning. I don't know if everybody had caught wind of it. No, um, I hadn't. No, I no. had. No. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> It was cool. So it was uh, Chris's fiance Anna had delivered. Had first of all joined him on day two, so she wasn't there on the Saturday, but she'd come along on the Sunday, um, and had brought with her sixteen sort of supersized cupcake for all the uh, all the players, with each with their own themed icing on top, depending on what faction you were. So looked brilliant. Um, she'd spent. I think the whole of the Saturday doing it, so that was awesome. Um, and she also brought some sort of plain ones with just without any decorative stuff on for for us, for the, me and John and uh, whoever else wanted some. So that was outstanding. So we had that along with our pizza for lunch. Um, and we've got a picture. I think we can pop up as well. If you've not seen it on Twitter, we can uh, we can include that in the show notes. But so refueled after round four, going into the final round. So only Nathan's on four wins. 
but there's uh, one, two, three, there's six guys on three wins who could still have a say in it if, if Nathan didn't um, win his game five. So Chris, we've just heard about with his Sylvaneth. Uh, Adam Turner, who we've heard about with his uh, Sure Charge Stormcast list. We've got JP, who we've, no one's actually, none of you guys played JP, did you? So we've not heard much about him, but he was creeping up in his Legion of Sacrament slash Legion of Grimgast Reapers. Um he was on three wins as well. Mike, who we've heard about with his Star Drake list, he was on three wins. And Lee, creeping up again on back. He's he's back on track with three wins as well with his Daughters of Cain list. So still a lot to play for. Um, it could still still be decided for many of those ones, to be honest. It was based on strength as the first tiebreaker. So, um, yeah, a lot to play for still. And the final round rolled up to become... Uh, finally, we got one from the first handbook, which was Gift from the Heavens in the realm of Hish, so light and the speed of light realmscape feature, which is, again, quite interesting and could certainly have an impact in the games. So, back to you, Stu. Who were you playing? Yeah, I had uh, the Sylvaneth. So I had Adam Rothson this time, so um, that uh, Liam had played on game three. Um, as ever, this was a, a brilliant game between me and me and Adam, I really enjoy the the games we have, and it was a great way to to wrap up the weekend for me. Um, we both had a pretty tough weekend, I think, and um, and either of us could have sneaked a major victory in it. Um, Adam pulled a, a a bit of a cunning one by pulling his tree revenants from it. It deployed them right right in a a corner at the beginning, and I'd totally forgotten about them. And then just at an opportune moment, um, the comets had come down. Um, I was trying to shuffle my army as best I could across to my own uh, my own one. And out he popped him. There was just enough room in the corner for him to come out. Uh, and so he he had the, the chance at that point. It looked already right from the beginning like we were going to struggle to contest each other's objectives. Um, but he got the revenants out and he went for the charge and he didn't roll it so he didn't get the nine if he'd have got the nine he'd have only had to kill a unit of dogs with his five revenants and he might have killed them um and if he had done or even if he'd have if he'd have uh, just outnumbered me there he'd have got that point but he didn't um and a similar thing happened with myself um i had what uh, a unit of um Vaudra- it was vaudry a Vargulf and a unit of flayers um, had to kill three bow hunters in two rounds of combat, and I didn't manage it. So Vaudry totally whiffed everything, um, and he was left with um, one of the hunters, one of the bow hunters, on a, on a wound, I think it was, and it meant that we had the same number of models, um, but I didn't, I didn't manage to to score. And then he piled in and outnumbered me on it. So it ended up ultimately coming down to um, to victory points, kill points. So, um, but this was the one time the whole uh, the whole six games I played over the weekend because I had the warm up against you, where Red Fury actually went off. So I rolled the five up this one time, and it killed Alariel, um, and, and that got me the the minor victory. Um, basically because I had more points. 
So, and I can also blame the fact that my daughter had turned up and she's she's my lucky one. And she reminded me as well to use my triumph, <laughs> which was good. So that's what you need. You need a 10-year-old girl telling you, don't forget you've got a triumph, Dad, every time you go to roll a dice. So it's really a child good. servitor helping out. Yeah, I primed her. So, and I did. I remembered, so that was good. Um, I suppose myself... Um, I was ultimately, I was pretty unprepared for the weekend. I, I was painting till pretty late on and um, building these things. And I'd only ever used the skeletons, the direwolves and Arcan before. So apart from that game I had with, with yourself, Scott, the night before, that was, I'd never used Vordry, I'd never used a Ghoul King, never used a Vargulf, never used a Vampire Lord. <laughs> I had used uh, Crypt players, so it was all pretty new to me. Um. Uh, but mixed death wasn't the uh, the powerhouse that I'd hoped for. I'd, I'd built the list obviously around this model that might have a potential for scoring two hundred and forty wounds. <laughs> it's, uh, so what was the most you got? I think I got twelve. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I got a bit more than that, but it wasn't much. Um, to be honest, the sword of judgment was just absolute trousers. It was rubbish. I actually. Uh, it was against a Lariel, was the only time I actually got the mortals out of it. Mm. So I rolled um, two sixes. You don't have a way to reroll to hit for either, do you? That's, I no. Think... no. So I uh, I went for it. and But then I only, it sounds good because I got two sixes and I was good on Adam. He, he tolerated my enthusiasm and my celebrations <laughs> because obviously <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd been trying to roll for this Red Fury all the way. And it finally went off after I'd I'd picked at her for a few turns and she was down. She, As I say, the Maelstrom, it cast that and then I pushed it back at him and it kept dispelling her, trying to heal herself. And then uh, it didn't go his way, but he took it really well and he had a smile on his face throughout. So it was a, it was a good one and she ultimately, ultimately fell. I was very happy. Um, yeah, and he, he took it like a gent. So there you go, that was me. And I'll work hard to uh, qualify again next year. <laughs> but not with mixed death. No. No, not with mixed death. I'm not playing with them. Not playing with that crutch again, no. Well, the thing is, I think if I was playing in, if I was going to a 40, 50 man tournament, and you You'd had win a good, three, two, four, two, I yeah. Think I, could, I think I'd win four, one, sorry. three or four wins, yeah. depending on what I got. If I got a heavy loss, game one. I reckon. Are I you could... meaning there was no chumps? Is that what you're saying? Is that well, what the problem I've, this weekend was? I, I just think that everybody who was there knew the game and they knew their armies. So uh, people I that think... are acknowledged. Well, that's it. Maybe it's not the best time to try and uh, use something with one or two tricks only that's not that reliable. Um, but anyway, there you go. Mixed death. It's not the time to test it at a Masters event. That's That's my sagely words of advice for you. <laughs> So the jury's still out. <laughs> so over to you guys. How would you do, Liam? I played uh, my good friend John Bayliss. Uh, maybe not friends now after that spell going off, but you know. <laughs> uh, it was a great game. Uh, absolutely amazing game. We Again, the Realm of Light, I think as I said earlier on, I think we were the only person maybe that had a game truly decided on. The effect of a realm coming, well, a realm or realm spell coming up that changed the game just by what it did. Uh, he took turn one, 
three four ups were rolled, so a block of thirty blood uh, warriors with uh, one ups every roll and ones uh, happened. He just walked it up straight across, so it was literally on the middle line. He moved his characters a bit too far forward, which I noticed obviously, and then that. So he gave me my turn one. I didn't buff the knights or anything. The only thing I buffed was a dragon because I was like, I need the rend. So obviously, if I pop a few hits through, I will get to hopefully kill uh, the warriors. Uh, so I was able to shoot over the warriors at a priest, roll the dice, hit him, wounded him, go straight through his save. I was like, ah, well, how much wound? Six. Cheeky six rolled. Off comes an exalted war priest, which was the first blood type point. Uh, and then for two more turns, nothing really died except models in that unit of Blood Warriors. The Black Knights, I charged at one end just to pin them in. Didn't actually expect the Black Knights to do anything. I think they killed one warrior. Uh, they did one wound after a one-up save. Probably maybe rolling ones uh, kicked in from uh, a horsey bite. The That unit was just atrocious to get through as i said earlier i think if there was any static objective missions he would have trounced a fair amount of people with it just because of how just unkilling that unit is and then if you kill it it kills you back he was very unlucky on his after he makes a successful save to roll a dice and on a six he'll get it back uh, obviously model would be back uh he just i think he only did two over the whole game back at me which i saved uh, so it was a bit, I think you would maybe need to obviously verse someone that has a stupid amount of attacks for it to kick off properly. So if he was versing like uh, Doc, which obviously I think he's, as he said, his list was kind of designed. He thought he was going to verse two to three Doc players and he unfortunately avoided both of them the whole weekend. But it was a great game. Uh, so turn three came. Uh, so obviously the two objectives were down at that point. Uh, literally again in the middle, so both uh, sides of the middle of the deployment. Uh, I rolled. I went. I've got to try something. I've got. I've got to try it. If I try, if I, if it came off, it gave me the game. If I doesn't, I'll just have to sit another couple of turns and grind. So I tried banishment. So I rolled. Rolled an eleven. I was like, okay. So I have to re-roll because of Blood Square. Rolled a 10, so I was like, that's 11 because of obviously me being Sacrament. He tries to roll it for his uh, his Wrath of Card Blood there, so he's at plus two. Uh, forgetting he had, obviously, the, he didn't think he had enough Blood Tithe to uh, just auto-unbind it. So he rolled it, rolled in uh, a seven, which didn't obviously then stop it. And uh, I just picked up his unit, a big block of well, what was left. So I think it was about... 16 blood, uh, 16, 17 blood warriors left at that point. I picked them up. He obviously picked them up and uh, they got moved out of my way of my Grimgasts and my uh, dragons uh, way. And then obviously they allowed them to just walk onto his objective and grind the small amount of units he had left on the objective. He had obviously all these heroes there, but the corn heroes that he had are all support, so they don't really do anything in combat on their own. Uh, definitely not to obviously 30, uh, well, 20 odd Grimgas and a Vampire Lawrence Ombre Dragon that's rerolling saves and uh, has a Doppelganger cloak on it. So th at that point, it was just, it was game uh, on pretty much on turn three. We obviously played it out because if he was, if he got the turn four, he could have maybe pulled it back by where did he put his Blood Warriors. He would be like, he was about 17 inches from my objective at that time. So then uh, he played, obviously, 
couldn't get to them. So then his wrath of corn bloodthirst on his my my side of free uh, on his turn free killed my black knights off. I was lucky enough to then kill one of his heroes on the uh, in his uh, half. Rolled the four up, got them back. Only got two back because of the space I could fit them in. I could only fit two in to be within range of the gravesite plus out of nine of his units. Got two back, then rolled my six six ways of getting a guy back on my turn four. Four up, four up, four up, four up, four up. So from two knights goes back up to eight knights. I buffed them uh, with the White King, the Dread Knight ability, went and the uh, failed the Van Hells. Try to get them into this blood, blood black back onto my objective to get that blood warriors. Trying to get the points of them because they're five hundred twenty points, which is just a lot. Uh, and then took them off there, and uh, that was uh, one was left after battle shock, unfortunately. And uh, we called the game there. That was a major win to me. Excellent, excellent. So you finished on three wins, two losses. Yep. So number number one seed. How'd you feel about that? Yeah, uh, I, I, uh, I, from what happened uh, in my game of Chris, uh, he was very just lucky with that saves turn one. If uh, I was obviously putting all my eggs in that basket, obviously to for that to really work to obviously hold his army up. Uh, the game against John, I think, would have went to a minor win to me anyway because he just wasn't killing my units. Yeah. Uh, that's what we said anyway, it was even at that point I could obviously have just played more defensive, like pull my black at knights out instead of getting them killed. I could heal a lot quicker than what uh, he could do. And I thought overall the weekend was great. I, uh, as, I to, as I said to obviously Nathan, I think if I'd beaten Chris, I would have unfortunately given him a worse, uh, a harder uh, last game. Because obviously I would then be on three wins, one loss. Yeah. So, so was Mike at that point. So obviously the two people he's played, that takes us out of his player pool again. So it would have yeah. been JP. Yeah. Uh, yeah. His yeah. Opponent, which obviously would have been a lot harder games. Uh, definitely in the mission that he got. Uh, obviously, uh, Gift of Heavens. I uh, felt that would have been a lot harder for him. I was happy to be on the table next to Lee to those and three, JP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, that in in one way though, I had put a list together this weekend to play against Legions of Nagash and Daughters of Cain, like yeah. the, the the small heroes, and never really got. I didn't get to play Daughters of Cain, and the only uh, list I got to play against Deathwise was the um, your Sacrament list with the Death March. Which is a bit and I don't really, I don't really have the heroes either. Yeah. I'm, I'm the I'm the limited hero. The same idea. I my list I feel is like very strong against doors and hordes sort of thing, or any unit armies that don't have. Pretty much any of the new armies that don't summon, I feel my army has a great advantage against. I think that's Just... a problem with armies like Doors of Cain in an environment like Masters. They might mm. be good at going into a singles event where there's 40, 50, 60 players and uh, you can't afford to plan to play nothing but Daughters of Cain and yeah. whatever, but if you're going to a small player pool where there's 16 players that all know what they're doing, it's uh, it's a lot easier to plan for your opponents, or at least you would think so, because I, I didn't even get to play them. But, um, I played two Sylvan F, which I've... 
I did okay, obviously. I did well against Adam, and I did okay against Chris. Obviously, I lost the game, but that was due to my own uh, aggressive play style uh, more than anything else. That's what caused that loss, was uh, my uh, style of get it over done quickly sort of thing, burp the band-aid sort of thing. If I'd obviously ripped it and it was... I'd, my arm didn't bleed out. I'd be, I would have been okay. But obviously, I obviously hit a deep heart rain. I was just bleeding out by the end of that game. Uh, that's what's pretty much what happened. Is I took a really sharp knife and went for it, and uh, unfortunately, cut something pretty. Uh, try to try to cut him. Self harming. Yeah, <laughs> We're going to put a disclaimer at the end of this show now. Like, if anything in this episode has caused you any offence, please call Samaritans. Uh, <laughs> I'll be waiting for your call. Yeah. <laughs> so we should probably cover it, Nathan. Your last game. Yep. Um, so I got to play the lovely Chris on the exact same table that I played him at at Northern Invasion last year, where I was fortunate enough to to win that event. I was quite confident going into this mission, not just because of the army list that I was up against. Um, but I felt a lot more confident with the army at this point as well. And you played six games by that point, so yeah, be. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I can't really. It, it would take a lot of describing. There was a lot came into play in this game. Um, it was it was the culmination of all the other games. Everything went right. Um, I I played for a lot of things in this game. High Tide was destructive. He had about seven or eight models left on the table after my turn two, at which point by I knew where the Comets were. I knew at that point I'd won the event, and I was on cloud nine. I was the, There was no mathematical way for him to pull himself back into the game at that point, just based off how priorities had went. Uh, I lost every priority, but uh, I had the objectives. Um, yeah, it, it it was it was just a the perfect game for me. He played very well. He he defended. He set up his uh, his castle with the, his models. Um, he probably could have castled a bit better. He could have castled centrally, but he castled off to one side. And I did make the the comment to him at the start that because he's deployed like that, the comet's going to deploy where he isn't. Yeah, and it did. Uh, I went to that area of the board, turn one, planning for it to come down, uh, so that if I lost the priority going into turn two and the Comet did fall there, he would need to come to me. Uh, the Eels still had their Bivaltic Blast, so I would have been able to use it defensively against whatever he used to, to send over and get it. And I did exactly that. The Comet fell there, he tried to come and get it, failed to charge with Durthu, charged them with his Karnoth Hunters to capture it, I had nine models to his three, so he needed to do damage, but I just blasted them off with mortal wins before he got to attack. So after his turn two, he hadn't scored, and I had a turn with the potential of a double, and the game just ran away from that point. Uh, I just racked up the points, but then to turn three, I'd scored enough points to, to win, the, win the game, and it was just a bit of bookkeeping after that. There was a couple of funny moments where he teleported uh, Alariel away, um, to try and, like, he, he thought he had seen an angle that I hadn't went to go and kill the hero I had on the objective, at which point I had to shoot the closest unit. I told him, obviously, at the start of the game that he could shoot the closest unit, but he was uh, 
unfamiliar with the army, as a lot of people were, and he didn't quite realise that it was as cut and dry as it was. Uh, so I was willing to call the game there and say, let's uh, go on. He was like, no, let's see if you can kill Ilariel. So I had to kill Ilariel as well to prove the point. <laughs> so I <laughs> killed the Lady of the Woods with uh, only six eels uh, to the exact amount of damage that I needed to do. Um, just yeah. give it a tickle. Yeah, just give it yeah, a tickle. Are you also there telling Kevin that's how you kill Ilariel? Is that's that how the... you kill Ilariel. Yeah, that's how it's done. <laughs> Uh, but no, it was it, it was it was a great game. I, I couldn't have had a better final opponent either because Chris is the embodiment of our scene in some ways. Like he is an absolute gent at the table and off the table. He's very quiet, but he's yeah. uh, he's he's humble. Really yeah, he's very he's, humble. Yeah. He's done yeah. really well this year. If you look at where he is on the rankings, he is a lovely guy. But I wouldn't say he's one of the big personalities. He no. he definitely does keep him self like both both feet on the ground and it's uh it's a, it's a he's a nice guy and it's a shame that he's uh he's moving back to poland and that we're retreating yeah it was funny it was funny as so i was chatting to his his good lady anna uh, uh during the probably during the last game actually try to think which one it was it was day two anyway obviously because she was there um and she's very chatty. She's almost the sort of opposite to Chris. She's very yeah. open and uh, maybe that's asking... how he's just that way. He doesn't get a word in. Maybe yeah, like... probably, probably. Yeah. So she was asking, "Oh, so what do, what, what do you do?" So you, you know, you talk, talk about real life and talking about your, your job and your kids and stuff. And uh, and I said, "So what does Chris do?" And she goes, "Oh, he's a dentist." And I was like, "All right, well, I had no idea about that. If, you know, he's, he comes along to our club and uh, she's she's kind of laughing at me, going, "How how do you not know? How do you not know this? How, do you guys not talk?" <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not the question. Oh. It's the what army do you play? Yeah, yeah. Do you play? which army about real life? Yeah. So she was laughing at us about that. Um, but yeah, no, Chris is a big loss. He's he's a lovely guy. So sad, sad to see him go. Obviously, they're heading back to their homeland, heading back to Poland. So wish them all the best over there. Um, until he returns. Until he returns, or, or until we go on to Maybe if Brexit doesn't go ahead. <laughs> yeah, there's still time. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so that was the Masters. That was everyone's five games. Um, it, was a, it was a great weekend. We've been through that, I think. So, yeah, and we we kind of we were supposed to only be talking briefly about these, so we've maybe overrun a little. So, what I think we've we've decided to do is to um, split things a little. So, we're going to wrap up there. Um, we're going to have a one-on-one with Nathan just to talk through his games and how he's found the eels. Not just the eels, because thralls have been a big thing as well, obviously. And um, and then uh, we have got some questions, but this will give people... We'll get this out, and then we'll probably have a week before the next one. So these are the questions we've got that we're going to be answering. Um, however, if there are any other ones people want to put forward, just fire them in and we'll, we'll crack out. We have got another backlog. We'll just pick these these four we were going to tackle today but we can probably fit some more in for content but we've got how can i get the best the most out of the doppelganger cloak and where do i put my units how do you kill a big character like nagash what brushes do you use to paint uh make and Rose size Michael. should i use an airbrush uh, i want to start going to tournaments but i struggle to get through a 2000 point game in less than three hours. Any advice? So, well, you're not supposed to ask Scott? questions yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, Scott, we, he is a patron, Scott, so we have to answer as many as we can from him. I'm, I'm here to learn. 
he's got he's got the shortcut in. No, and then we've got some other things. We're going to look at what we want for Christmas in terms of uh, what three mm-hmm. things each of us want. Um, what world gonna... peace? Yeah, well, I'll settle for. Uh... Well, I'm not. I'm not going to say yet because it's not this episode. And then uh, I'll I'll let people know about um, the Northern Invasion. Um, tournament for next year we've got dates fixed we've got tickets we've got announcements to make and um yeah so the first group of tickets will be going out yeah and then we we start again um but we'll we'll cover all that next week then um so we'll get this one out in the next day or two we'll get nathan out around about the same time and then we'll be back with something that's that's not doing an event roundup so Thank you very much for joining us.